Welcome to the Blue Collar Barbarians podcast, brought to you by the Blue Collar Barbarians Network, your network for all things savagery. And today, ladies and gentlemen, this is our first time recording in 2024, and we got a banger for you guys. I thought, new year, new me. No, that's not the barbarian way. So I decided to do one better. I'm going to bring you a barbarian in the nutrition and fitness space. I'm going to bring you a first form sponsored trainer. I'm going to bring you my friend, Jeremy Gardner, to talk blue collar, to talk nutrition, to talk how to get your shit together going into the new year. And we're going to expedite this so that you guys get this video, that you guys get this episode sooner than later so that you can get started on your journeys in 2024 to dominate the world. Jeremy Gardner, thank you so much for your time tonight, bro. I've been looking forward to this conversation for literally about a month, month and a half, trying to track you down. Um, <laughs> thank you so much for your time, dude. No problem, man. Thanks for having me. I appreciate it. Yeah. And congratulations. I know we were talking before the show, but just for our audience's sake, like congratulations. That's a huge accomplishment to make the sponsor trainer for first form. Um, dude, I just, I'm really proud of you. I'm really stoked for you. Like it's, it's, I love when people are accomplishing their goals and crushing their dreams. And so I know you worked for this, like, as we'll get into, but just congratulations, bro. Like on an official capacity. Thank you, man. I, I really appreciate that. It's, it's a huge honor and it's, it's super humbling at the same time, you know, to, to step into that, that space of sponsor trainer and be surrounded by a bunch of other people who are, you know, doing this at an elite level. So it's, it's pretty cool. Yeah. Well, that's going to be you soon, you know, like let's mentor, let's uh, manifest that the next thing you're going to be the mentor's oh. mentor, right? That's a thousand percent, level. man. That's the goal. Yeah. And uh, it's funny because we're both a uh, Warrior Tribe fam, right? And, and yes, sir. Warrior Tribe fam on the Barbarians podcast. I mean, dude, it just let's hit these people with some gold. You know what I mean? Let's let's uh, give yeah. the people what they need. All right, so diving right in, Jeremy. Tell me about your background, bro. <clears throat> so, um, like my blue collar background, man, it goes all the way back to, I mean, dude, really high school because I grew up in a little, you know, bumfuck nowhere town. Sorry, I, I assume I can cuss on here. Blue yep, collar barbarian good. show. But, uh, you know, I grew up in, in the middle of nowhere. My family had 125 acres of property. So, you know, throwing hay bales in the summertime and, and doing all the, the shit you have to do when you have 125 acres of property. I mean, I was, you know, brush hogging fields with a tractor when I was 12. So, you know, um, and then when I got out of high school, I went straight into the mining industry because I'm from a big coal mine town. And um, in, so right out of high school, I went and uh, worked in a coal mine equipment repair shop where we built long wall shields, so a machine that holds the ceiling up in the mines where the, the miner runs through. Um, oh, and sure. that was 12 hours a day, seven days a week with no days off for the first two years that I graduated from high school, like straight through. Um, from there, the, the coal industry took a huge plummet. All the mines were shutting down. Um, and it just wasn't looking like a promising uh, career path for someone who was only 18 years old to continue to pursue, uh, which was frustrating because that's what like most of the, the successful men or my version of successful back then, the successful men in my hometown, 
like the ones who had the nicest trucks and all that shit. That's what they were doing. So it's like, well, shit, what do I do now? Um, and my grandparents owned a, a motorcycle shop when I was a kid. So I grew up in high school also working part-time in the motorcycle shop. And uh, when the, the coal mine stuff wasn't really panning out, um, you know, I was uh, collecting unemployment for a little while and living, living off of that and, and doing some under-the-table work, too, to get money on the side um, and just kind of partying and doing the young kid thing and being stupid. And I got into uh, quite a bit of trouble to where things were looking pretty dark for a second. Um, I'll, just, I'll, I'll just be totally transparent. I T-boned a woman at a stop sign at three o'clock in the morning after drinking all day long, um, a month after I turned 21. And that was like a big eye opener for me. And I was like, okay, well, I need to get a serious job. Um, and I, I got really lucky. I got uh, probation for a year, no, no prison time or anything like that, which was just off of all the details of the case and what my blood alcohol content was like, I, I really should have went to prison for a year it was like based off of all those markers. And I just got super lucky first time offense slapped on the wrist, more or less. Uh, so I went back to working for my grandparents at their motorcycle shop. And I worked there for, I don't really remember how long, a few years or whatever. Uh, but I had some friends that were out chasing drilling rigs. And uh, they were all making really good money. And every time they would come home from, from their hitch, uh, they would just be like telling me about it when we were, you know, drinking at their house or whatever. And uh, they would always be like, oh, come on, you got you to gotta come out here. You got to come out here. And uh, at the time, I, I said no for like a couple years because I, I was in this space where I thought I wanted to take over my grandpa's motorcycle shop one day. So I was working there and, and hoping that was going to happen. And um, just after a while, I just got tired of watching all my friends kind of financially pass me up in life and buy houses and cars and get married. And I was like, well, <laughs> I want to do all that stuff, too. So I decided to walk away from the bike shop and uh, go chase drilling rigs. And I did that for... I don't know, about five or six years, I was a solids control hand on a drilling rig. And yeah, I worked 90 hours a week plus three, three weeks a month, had one week off. We traveled all over, uh, worked in North Dakota, West Virginia, Ohio, Pennsylvania, like all over the freaking place. So, you know, sometimes it'd be negative 60 in North Dakota, working 14 hour shifts with the wind blowing 40 miles an hour. And it was, it was some of the craziest shit i've ever seen harshest conditions i've ever seen um yeah i mean it's just wild dude it was that. definitely an experience yeah i loved that. it nah, i did i loved it so you come right out of high school essentially well i mean it started for you in school just growing up you grew up blue collar you grew up farming and ranching and doing whatever whatever that looked like for you and then just right out of high school you jump right into i mean you wasted no time getting to that high hour 84 90 hour a week work life crushing life on overtime essentially and mm -hmm. just balling and then you, you did, couldn't get enough of it so you decided to jump into the oil patch of all things to to continue yeah man i was always that kid that just couldn't sit still in class and uh you know it, it just college definitely wasn't something that I felt like I was going to be successful at no matter how hard my uh my parents tried to push me in that direction it's like there's no way that I'm sitting still at a desk for another four years like just let me go let me go do something or I can be on my so feet all day tell me this though that because you said I mean you said a key thing and for our audience for those of you that don't know about the oil patch or the oil field um 
when he's talked about watching his friends buy houses and do different shit, what he's saying is he's watching 20, 22 year old kids all around him buy a $90,000 Ram 3,500 lifted with fully loaded with all the shit every couple of weeks, because that's the lifestyle at the time. I'm assuming mm-hmm. you're around that era too. <laughs> that's yeah. the lifestyle at the time that was going on. You got buddies that are putting 60 K down on a house cash because you work so much, you can't spend money essentially. Yeah. Um, and the ones that are smart don't party it away on their rotations back home. So yep. um, you got the full gambit there. Uh, mm-hmm. It's so you got a little taste of, I better get, I want some of that big boy money too, bro. Cause you know, like how the hell is Chuck over there got a house, a boat, a trailer and a brand new truck. And he's been working for a year. Yeah. <laughs> Hundred percent, hundred percent, man. Like I, I remember my buddy David. He bought he he bought a house. He bought uh, a car and a truck, and then he got two dogs. And I was like, bro, I can't even afford a dog. <laughs> so yeah, yeah. for real, for real, dude. Uh, I so I ran crane out in the oil patch. Some um, we did uh, crane rental stuff. So we'd come and help tear apart the rig and then build it back when you went. And then I do coil tube and wireline and. Uh, did a lot of tank batteries and compressor skids, all, all sorts of shit around, around the rental side of it. So yeah, yeah. I, I remember those days too. And I would, uh, when I was in the oil patch or around it, you know, we ran Odessa and West Texas, New Mexico, places like that. And uh, I remember it was kind of funny. You'd look everywhere you look, you'd see these fucking fluorescent or bright colored ram 3500s brand new 35s at the dealership and you know they're 85 grand or something with all the shit on them now it's probably in in 2010 yeah yeah that's it in 24 this is a hundred thirty thousand dollar rig we're talking about to put in perspective people but yeah yeah 85 grand back then and you're watching 19 year old kids buy them like yeah just (laughs) you're wondering what the hell do i got going on yeah. Yeah. Uh, so anyway, so then you did the oil patch thing for five years. That's awesome. Um, mm-hmm. What talk about what that was like? I, it was it was wild, man. I mean, I remember like when I first broke out. Um, you know, when you break out in the oil field and you're working on a rig, you get assigned a mentor. And um, I I first my first day, I walked into the safety meeting, and um, it was like everybody was speaking a completely different language. I mean, they're talking about, all right, guys, today we're going to, we're going to trip in and, you know, we're going to, I don't remember the exact thing they were doing, but you know, they're using all these terms like trip in and BHA and all this shit that I'm just like, I'm sitting there like, what the fuck is everybody talking about? And I remember I walked out of the, the 15 minute safety meeting with so many questions. And I looked at my mentor who was like this, 65 year old dude who had been fucking roughnecking for 40 years and he was just hardened and bitter and just an asshole yeah yeah and and i remember like i i started asking him questions and like i could tell right away his entire attitude towards me was just like you aren't gonna last you aren't gonna make it and, and he didn't even want to answer my questions and um you know, and, and he intentionally like tried to do things to like make me quit. 
and uh, I've just always had that like fuck you, you attitude me. of like I will not you you will I'll be your fucking boss in a year, motherfucker. So um, you know there was that, and and him and I had our our battles there for the first couple of weeks, and um, then they would bounce you around to like different rigs that were doing different things so that you could experience kind of all of it before you would go, you know, out and be on your own without a mentor. And uh, I remember I bounced around to like three or four different mentors and every single one of them was the same way, man. They just didn't really want to teach. They didn't want to, you know, and I, and I, I got it later on. Like I was frustrated in the beginning, but I, I understood later on why they were all like that because I watched more grown men walk off in the first day than you could even imagine like i mean talking two three hours into a shift like fully grown men just throwing their hands up saying fuck this i'm not doing this shit and because you'd get covered in you know oil-based mud smell like diesel for the rest of the day your skin would be burning get dry and crack and i mean just some of the wildest shit happens out there and the pace that you have to fucking run at is just next level like it's all the 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 saying out there is seven million dollars a minute so like if something breaks down, that's they're saying you're spending seven million dollars every minute that the that the shit's not running, and it's like just the pressure that gets put on you is insane. And I mean, I've seen shit catch on fire. I've seen shit explode. Um, you know, I've I've been on rigs where we've taken kicks that have shake shook the entire town that we were in. Where <laughs> it's like just sketchy as hell. So I mean. It was just, it was a wild experience, man. And, and it's almost one of those things where like, um, you know, I was never in the military, but I worked with a lot of military guys. And when I was leaving the patch, they would all say, good luck being a civilian again. And they were, and I would laugh, but they were right. Cause I came out of the oil field, um, to start blue collar transformations. And, uh, I went to work at Pet Boys, the auto parts store for a short period of time after that. Uh, just so I had, miserable. dude, just, it was just so I could have some extra income, like while I got this up and off the ground. So I didn't burn through my, my oil field savings while I was trying to get this profitable. And, um, dude, everybody I worked with at Pet Boys thought I was a psychopath because I never sat down. So I was the, uh, the, the position I got there was called speed shop manager. So they would have like a high performance corner of the store. So I had like my own little like desk and stuff that people could come over. And the first thing I did on my first day when they like walked me around my area and showed me like where I'd be working and stuff was I grabbed the stool from the desk and I took it back to the lunchroom and I put it there. And they were like, you don't want your stool? I'm like, I don't need to sit down, <laughs> like, you know? And then they were like, oh, you get an hour long lunch break. And I'm like, do I have to take it? And they're like, yes. I'm like, why? Like, I don't, I don't want to. So I was doing 75 hard um, when I got out of the oil field and I would spend my hour lunch break doing my 45 minute outdoor workout. So Hell they yeah. all thought I was a, a fucking lunatic because I just didn't sit still ever. What, and what time frame was that? It was right before COVID. Oh, wow. So like November of 2019 was when I left the oil field for good. And wow. uh, so you, you went yeah. through the oil field too through the recession. The crash. Um, uh, not not 2015, 14 when it when it I, died. I got in right at the at the tail end of it when it was starting to come back up. 
Oh, so like 17-ish? Early 16. Early 16. Yeah, Yeah, so it was like, well, yeah, because I remember people being like kind of surprised that I was even able to get a job. Um, but I was, you know, the, I mean, the oil field is just like everything else it's about who, you know, and luckily for me, one of my best friends from kindergarten all the way through school was a supervisor at a company. So as soon as they had an opening, like I had, I had expressed my interest to him like months and months out. And as soon as they had a position, he called, like they didn't even advertise it. He just called me. So got yeah, really lucky yeah. in that regard. So I ran like in the cowboy days of like right before that like right before gotcha. it dove down so like 2014 yeah. 15 i heard that's when it was really fun that <laughs> dude hunter you want to, you want to talk about weeks bro i sat on a on the clock for nine days straight at 24 hours a day like mm-hmm. just Half the time sitting in a pickup truck, other times moving a crane around to here, doing that, and then sitting in my pickup truck waiting on it because a tool was stuck or something and on a coil tube. Like, dude, I, yeah, when I talk about 90, 19-year-old kids buying $90,000 trucks, like it was, yeah. it's stupid, dude. You're living in villas and shit, you know, like the ones that moved out there. But I'll digress. Um, so you you spent some time in the patch you worked your way up you had fun you got to put away some money and experience a little bit of that lavish life but that wasn't enough so then you decided i'm gonna do my own thing let's talk about that blue collar transformations i love the name thank you thank you so um i mean just a a little bit of a backstory like when i was working for my grandparents at their motorcycle shop before i went into the oil field i was competing in bodybuilding um just as my hobby and uh prior to that when i was in high school i was always the chubby kid my whole life and uh for for the viewers sake i'm five foot three so being five foot three and having tits is a miserable existence in high school um being six foot three and having tits sucks (laughs) yeah yeah for sure for sure but you know i mean and when i say i was like when i when i say i was bullied i mean i literally had a kid that pissed on me in the bathroom. And I remember that like, I, I wasn't that like, even though I grew up on 125 acres and did all that hard labor shit, like for whatever reason, that never converted to me to realize that like I had what it took to like stand up for myself and, and you know, fight back to these people. Um, so like I, I got pissed on, I got thrown in a fucking dumpster multiple times walking home from school, um, just, fucked up shit man and i remember like the summer between my sophomore and junior year i was like i'm i'm fixing this problem so i joined the gym um i had an uncle who was like the only person i knew that was in shape so i asked him to teach me how to lift weights and he did and i started getting in you know decent shape i wasn't shredded or jacked by anybody's definition of the term but i managed to not have tits and and you know be in semi-decent shape um I joined the track team and, and started doing some stuff like that and just, you know, started earning some people's respect and, and, uh, and also the confidence to punch people in the mouth whenever they fucked with me, which was massive. Um, so, you know, then once I got out of high school, the love for lifting kind of never really left. So that was uh, always the thing that I did. I mean, that was just my hobby. It's what I love to do. And um, even when like other guys were buying, 
you know, 70, 80, $90,000 trucks in the oil field, I was spending that money on coaches and supplements and education and stuff like that. Like I never, I spent almost every dime of oil field money I made to put myself in the position that I'm in right now uh, from a, just investing in myself standpoint. Cause I knew that's, I didn't know that I wanted to do this, but I knew I didn't want to do that forever. Um, sure. And I actually was in the oil field for like, I think two or three years. And that's when it was really starting to click to me. Cause for the first year, I completely stopped lifting weights, stopped paying attention to my nutrition. Um, I tried, like when I first went in, I tried like hell, but that lifestyle and that pace and the always traveling and living in hotel rooms and all this stuff, it, it just, food. yeah. And the only way of life that I knew fitness wise before that, that, that worked was the bodybuilder way where I would spend three hours a night in the gym and it was chicken and rice and chicken and rice and chicken and rice and just weighing everything all the time. And, um, you know, it, it just got to the point where like, that wasn't a realistic expectation to hold for myself at those kind of hours. And obviously hotels don't have, most hotels don't have kitchens and stuff like that. So I finally, I just said, fuck it, you know, whatever, like I'm working hard enough physically that like, I should be able to stay in shape. Right. But like, I was wrong. I just putting trash food in your body and then also drinking alcohol with people after work and stuff. It, it just all came back on and then some, and I ended up getting like the fattest I'd ever been in my life. So oh, I, I remember uh, looking in the mirror in my hotel room and I just bought myself a, a new pair of uh, Ariat FR jeans and I went to put them on and the button wouldn't reach. And I'd only had them for like two weeks and I'm like, fuck, I'm already too fat for these jeans. This is horseshit. They were like $160 jeans. You know what I mean? So I was pissed about that. And that was kind of like that wake up call moment where I was like, well, hey man, you got to get your shit back together and you know how to do it. Cause you, you fuck, you've been on stage at bodybuilding shows before. Like what the fuck are you doing? Um, so I reached out to like my old coach and couple other people and they all kind of came back at me with the same thing like hey man this is going to be impossible for you with the lifestyle that you have and i it pissed me off I was like no i i don't ever accept that fucking word impossible so um i finally found someone who was you know willing to work with me and, and try to coach me but then the program that he wrote like he sent it over and i was like bro i just told you i work a hundred fucking hours a week and i live in a hotel room like how do you expect me to cook all this food? And um, he was like, well, I mean, you've done it before, man. You know what it takes. This is what it takes. And I was like, yes, but I don't have the resources to be able to, to do this. Like, help me figure out another way. And uh, after that, I just got frustrated and, and dropped him too. And then I just, I just went to, to tracking everything. I was like, you know what? I know enough to know that this comes down to protein and calories and if I can at least just figure out the foods that are convenient enough that are going to help me hit those things. And if I can, you know, get some type of workout in every day, even if it's just push-ups and bodyweight squats in the hotel room, you know, like I can make progress. Like maybe I'm not going to be a fucking bodybuilder again, but at least I don't have to be a fucking fat ass. And that's kind of how it all started. So I started tracking my macros and I started hitting everything on a pretty consistent basis. And, you know, it was, there's a lot of this at first because I'd go home from my hitch and I'd be back around my family and my boys and everybody. And 
you know, drinking beer and eating Bottoms shit food. Up. Cause yep. I, yeah. Cause I'm like, man, I got, I got a week off to live my life. I need to live it, you know, to the fullest or whatever. And, uh, then I'd go back on hitch and I, I would have undone all my progress on my week off. So it was kind of a lot of one step forward, two steps back type of shit in the very beginning. Uh, but then once I really got some momentum going with it, I was able to get myself back down to where, you know, I, I had my abs showing again and I, I felt really good about myself and I was like, okay, this is cool. This is good. This is like, you know, where I want to want to live and how I want to operate. And, and I was still cool with being in the oil field at the time. Cause like I said, I loved it out there, dude. I love the challenge. I love just getting to find out what I was made of when I went to work every day. And, um, all the guys on my rigs would be like, dude, how in the fuck are you doing this out here? Like I've tried for years, but with this lifestyle, like it's just impossible. And I would, I, so I started showing a handful of guys on the rigs how to do it. And they all started losing weight and started making progress. And that's kind of when the light bulb went off for me to where I was like, this is what I want to do. And yeah. with growing up, the gym being my interest from, you know, like 15 years old and then getting into bodybuilding and everything, I was always that guy in my circle of people that everyone would come to when they wanted to, you know, know how to make some results. And, um, even like my grandma came to me my grandma had diabetes and, um, she just wanted to be in better shape and feel better. And I remember when my, so my grandparents owned a motorcycle shop, like I said, so my grandma worked the parts counter with me in the motorcycle shop and I would take her to the gym with me after work. And, uh, after I got my grandma in really good shape, she like literally told me, she's like, Jeremy, I think this is what you're meant to do. And yeah. at the time I just kind of was like, yeah, that'd be cool. But like, you know, it, nothing really clicked that like, Oh yeah, this is really what I'm supposed to do. Um, but then once I started helping those guys, it, that's where the light bulb really went off for me. It was like, okay, this is what I want to do. I love seeing that like the dudes that I'm out here on the front lines with, are able to do this and I, I was able to show them how to do it and they were able to see that it was possible through my example like that just really made me feel super fulfilled and to be honest with you man I almost once I had that wake up call I was like it wasn't even just this is what you want to do it's like this is what you have to do yeah. type of situation because I mean you you're in you're in it and you know like these guys they just spend their whole life literally killing themselves for a dollar and and they all say you know if you ask any blue collar worker who works those type of hours why do you do this the same answer across the board from everybody Money. is to create a better future for my my myself and my family you know what i mean it's and money Money, but they, but everybody thinks money is the path to that better future. Yeah. And so then I started asking like, well, how much better is that future going to be, bro? If you got type two diabetes and you can't see your own dick anymore, like that's not a better future. So I realized that I could, you know, help people in these situations and that there was, you know, and at a time I'm a huge fan of bodybuilding and fitness. So like all my face people I look at on Facebook and Instagram and YouTube, are all the fitness influencers, right? And I'm like, there ain't nobody out here doing this for blue-collar people. It's all about, you know, either to kids in their early 20s that just want to chase pussy or for, like, you know, your your professionals and your CEOs, your high-performing men or whatever. And it's like, dude, where's the, where's the working man's trainer, right? And uh, 
So I didn't know how to get to here, though. Like, I was like, I don't really know anything about social media. I'm a consumer of social media, not a producer. Um, I suck at using the computer, like all these things that, you know, needed to happen. And on top of that, I had never trained anybody in a professional sense. I had no certifications, nothing. So I was like, well, what's the first logical step here? And I was like, well, I guess the first logical step would be to go get some experience as a trainer, right? So I quit the oil field and I went and worked in a gym. It was a chain of Gold's gyms. I got a job as the director of personal training uh, for like three Gold's gyms. And I was over top of like 12 other personal trainers. Um, so my, my job was to sell personal training, manage these other personal trainers. And then I was allowed to pick and choose the clients that I wanted to work with that we signed up. And um, so I started doing that. I did that literally for two months and absolutely hated it. And I wow. literally quit and went back to the oil field. I, I, call, I called my, old, my boss back and I was like, hey, I was like, how soon can you have me back on a rig? Because the last thing he said to me was, if you ever want to come back, you have a job. And uh, he's like, I don't care, downturn, whatever, I'll find somewhere to put you. So I called him. I was like, hey, coming back, bro. How, how soon can you have me out there? He's like, I can have you out there tomorrow. And I was like, well, I need like two days at least. And um, I called up the owner of the gym and I was like, this ain't for me, bro. I got to go. And it was, I mean, it was honestly just because, like, all the clients coming in were, like, lawyers and dentists and, and doctors and professors at the, the college that was in town there. And I had to wear a collared shirt and watch what I said. And, I, you know, and that just wasn't me. I couldn't do it. Like, I couldn't show up to a place every day and, and fake who I am. And, and I'm very incapable of not saying the word fuck more than I should. <laughs> so like, you know, just around that environment for too long. So I went back and um, I don't really know how long I was back for. And I remember I was in North Dakota and I was starting to feel that itch again of like, this isn't what you're supposed to do, bro. Like, you know, these are definitely your people. You're definitely around the people you're supposed to be around, but this is not what you're supposed to do. And uh, I was starting to feel this like, I don't know, not to get super deep or anything, but I was just starting to feel super empty to the point where I hadn't really been much of a drinker for a few years, but I had hit such a low spot mentally that I went into a gas station in North Dakota and bought a bottle of Jack Daniels and I was drinking it as I was driving my company truck to the next rig because I was just like, I didn't want to be there so bad that I, I just was making shitty decisions. And that's when the wake up call happened for me that I was like, you have to fucking quit and figure something out. And I had no backup plan, no nothing, but I had, I had drawn this logo on a napkin, uh, the pipe wrench and the hammer. And, uh, I had drawn this logo on a napkin. I had wrote down the name blue collar transformations and I had had that dream in my mind. Uh, but I just didn't know how to make it possible. But I was like, there's no way you can figure this out when you're literally running 100 miles an hour. Because I remember I worked uh, 72 hours straight without any relief at all. And I was so exhausted that I was just in this low energy state where I couldn't even see like out. You know what I mean? And I read this book called Everything is Fucked, a book about hope. And that book woke me up because just the premise of it was basically like the whole choose your heart thing that we always talk about in this space, where it's like, hey, it's hard 
working in the oil field and working all these fucking hours, but it's also hard being broke, you know, and doing, not doing what you want to do is hard, but doing what you want to do is hard. Just pick your fucking heart. And I was like, well, walking away from this with zero backup plan will be hard, but I've figured other shit like this out before. So I was like, I'm just going to go, I'm just going to leave. And when I landed in Pennsylvania and got off the plane, as soon as my boots hit Pennsylvania pavement, I texted my supervisor and I was like, Hey, this is my two weeks notice. And he was like, didn't you just go on your two weeks off? And I was like, yeah. And he was like, so you're quitting. And I'm like, yeah. <laughs> and uh, that's when I applied to Pet Boys. I opened an account to drive for Uber. Uh, so I was working for Pet Boys, driving for Uber, and just studying and researching as much as I could about how to start an online coaching business. Because uh, I was seeing more and more of these online coaches get successful. And I was like, this has to work because nobody is doing this for blue collar people. Like it has to fucking work. So but I want to capitalize on something before we get too far past it, because you talked about this emptiness a little bit ago, right? Like that mm-hmm. you, you lost your purpose. Yeah. You lost your sense of purpose. And I think there's a lot of guys in our field uh, and not, not oil field specifically, but blue collar hands, like the working class members mm-hmm. of society. There's a ton of us that have been out there. You're year five, year six, year 10 in. And you're just going through the motions. At this point, it, it pays, it makes enough that you paying the bills or it does mm-hmm. just enough to make you want to do this or whatever your excuse is, right? Like mm-hmm. there's a lot of emptiness. And I just want to encourage people that are listening to this to like, listen to Jeremy's story here. He, he noticed something. He caught on to the fact that he was um, empty inside, that he was like living without purpose, that he was just chasing dollars. And he went to work on himself. Yeah, there was a catalyst there with a, a shitty situation or whatnot, right? But you you worked through it to the point where, like, I know there's something more in my mind. I know my soul, if you will. Mm-hmm. My soul earns for more. It's just yearning to be more. Wh- whatever that looks like, it wants more, right? And, yeah, 100%. And it took an action. It took action, dude. And I want to commend you for that because like I said, for our audience, like if you're going, if you're in that spot, this is you. And I want to talk specifically to those people that are in that spot where you make good money, but you're just wading through life, knee deep in water, bored with no emotion, no, just nothing but the, I can provide like this, bro. It's time to change it up. It's time to grab your fucking sack. It's time to grab your guts to get down inside of your mind and explore your mind for what it is you're really here to do or what you really want to do. A thousand percent, man. And if I can just add one thing on top of that, and and this is what I noticed when I, when I stepped out, when I walked away from the oil field and I took that job at pet boys and I, I observed the people around me and I thought I'm going to be able to do whatever I want. Because what you don't realize when you're knee deep in that situation and you're going through those motions, because you are surrounded by other men just like you to the point where working as hard as you work is just normal. You don't realize that you are built so much different than 80% of society. Like when you go out and you work those 90 hour shift, those 90 hour weeks, those 12, 14, 16 hour shifts, and you're 
swinging a fucking 20 pound sledgehammer and you're putting out all these fires. And I mean, you're solving problems. People don't give blue collar workers enough credit, bro. Like it is a workout and you're solving problems at the same time. And it's dangerous. So the adrenaline point is through the roof. And like when you're capable of exhausted mentally. Yeah. Yeah. And physically, because half the time you don't even get more than two hours of sleep a fucking day. Like when you're capable of that, you are capable of fucking anything because most people out here in normal society, they can't even wrap their fucking mind around what you do every day. I mean, since I've left the oil field, I mean, this is why I wanted to start blue collar transformations and why I called it blue collar transformations, because I can't even talk to these other motherfuckers that don't get that. Like these people that work a 40 hour week and then tell me they're tired. I'm like, shut the fuck up, dude. You have no idea what tired is. Do that by Tuesday, dude. I'm rolling into, I'm rolling into Wednesday at noon at 77 hours or some shit already on the week, you know? Yeah, exactly. Exactly. And like most people literally think that sounds insane. I mean, the first thing a lot of people will say to you, if you tell them that that's what you do. They'll be like, isn't there laws against that type of shit? Like, <laughs> like for real. They, they really will. I'm like, I don't know, maybe, but, I mean, they don't give a fuck out there. Like, no. You know what I mean? It's just, it's insane. But, yeah, man, yeah, you're, you're 100% you ever, right. You ever cashed a check for seven grand? Then shut the fuck yeah. up. You know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> exactly. Ain't nobody going and running and telling the law. Like, I mean, you know, but it's, I don't know, man. It, it blows my mind because... And it frustrates me. I mean, that's why if you look at any of my content or you watch my story, like I sound pretty pissed off in a lot of the shit that I say. And I'm just trying to get through to these men that like I know are in that same spot I was in where they feel fucking empty and miserable, but they see no other path to like make that kind of money or provide that kind of life. And it's like, dude, you're built different. You can do whatever it is you set your mind to. If you can work that hard and you can push yourself to those extremes for someone else's goal and for someone else's dream, you can do it for your own. It's just scary because you don't know what that looks like and someone else isn't laying the plan on the table for you. Like, you know what I mean? And and quite frankly, um, when are you going to bet on yourself? When are you going to take yourself yeah. serious? When are you going to care about like what you really want to accomplish? Do you want to live in existence where you just fall in line every single day, run through this same shit? You've seen what, I mean, you described it to a T what those guys that are mentoring are. You, you know what happens if you stay. You look at yeah. the guy that's been doing it in your industry for 40 years. In my case, look at the guy that's in a crane. It's been in a crane for the last 30 to 40 years. Uh, mm-hmm. no disrespect, but most of them are miserable pricks. They're not, Yeah. they don't, they're driving the same kind of vehicle I am. Maybe they got some retirement money. Maybe, maybe they got a property or a cabin, a hunting cabin, but they ain't got shit, bro. Yeah. Sorry. Most of them Quite usually frankly, got kids. Yeah. And they, and most of them usually got kids that don't even want to speak to them anymore. Cause they're such a miserable asshole and they were only in their life for one week a month for 20 years. So it's like that is that really the future that you want to continue walking towards like and I don't want to discourage anybody from going out there and doing this no, work like we 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 need 
we need men to go out there and do it. But like, I truly believe it's not a destination. It's an experience you need to go have because just like the military guys go out to the military, like you're somebody goes into the military. Their goal usually is not to be a frontline soldier forever. Like (laughs) what I mean, like it's an experience that builds you for the next thing. And, and that's the way that blue collar work needs to be viewed as well. Like, yeah, exactly. I mean, I mean, I encourage any young person I meet that I that I can tell has what it takes. I'm like, hey, dude, go chase a drilling rig, go chase a pipeline, but don't get stuck. Yeah, do it for five years, put some money away. Do it for two years, put yeah. some money away, buy the truck that you want, or the put you know start shopping the houses. Like, we could go on and on about this, but like, yeah. For, for those people in the mix, like the guys that are actually out there doing the work, like at some point in your life, you are going to have to bet on yourself or you're going to have to accept that this is all you will ever be. And mm-hmm. if you're that type of person listening to this podcast, you're probably already turned this off, to be honest with you. You probably haven't made it this far because you're content with your 150K a year or 130K a year, six months hitch, whatever, like. Like, and that's by all means for, for those of you that that's what you want. That's awesome. But what's one million, what's, what's a million look like. Okay. Mm -hmm. What's that 150 a month look like? Yeah. Because there's motherfuckers out there right now as we're having this conversation, literally jumping on a private jet to go have dinner with a friend somewhere or a colleague or to go meet someone for dinner and cocktails they're going to jump back on that same jet they flew in on at the end of their two hour dinner at a fucking $500 a plate steakhouse and go back home and sleep in their own bed and do it all over again tomorrow and the next day. And then Wednesday they might go golf for a few hours and then jump on their jet and go here and be anywhere in the country in three to four hours. There's people right now, every fucking day, every skyline you look in doing exactly that. Why not you? A thousand percent, man. A thousand. Why not you? Because a lot of those guys, no offense, like I'm not saying that none of them deserve it. That's not what I'm saying. People work their asses off to get places, but there's a big handful of those people that don't know the tenacity, that don't know the grit, that don't know the fucking discipline, that don't know the sweat, the blood, the calluses on our hands that it takes to build this infrastructure that they're fucking thriving in. So rather than just be a fucking slug as a blue collar person that leaves a little slimy trail and doesn't get to enjoy any of the luxuries that we're literally working our life and our existence into the fucking mud for, get fired up, get real, get excited about life again and understand that with a new, with the energy that you've put into making 150K, if you put that into yourself, sky's the limit. Sky is the fucking limit. And I listen, I'm not coming to you preaching it. This is for our audience specifically. And I'm talking to you too, bro, because I believe in you. <laughs> I'm not preaching at you from a spot. Like I'm, I'm not worth millions. I'm not. But my yeah. mind is. My Same, ambitions dude. and my passions are. And they Same, will bro. be. You know? Like, yeah, I'm absolutely, talking to man. You, like I want you to believe in yourself because I believe in you. That's the mm-hmm. whole purpose of this show. Is that yes. we, Jeremy and I, we believe that you are worth fucking more. Amen, dude. I mean, because I witnessed it. I witnessed men doing some of the hardest shit that I've ever seen in my life. 
And, you know, one of the things that I love so much about what I've, what I've done is that like every single one of my close friends that I made in the oil field, who I still talk to on the phone at least once a week, even though we're spread out all over the country. I mean, these guys are my fucking brothers and they, they left too. And one guy is like running an entire division for a window installation company out in Delaware. And he's making like triple what he made in the oil field. I have another guy that he left and started his own. uh, It's an oil field related business, uh, but he's not out there in the patch every day. Um, He still goes and visits rigs on sales calls and and different things because he supplies products to rigs now. But I mean, this dude's... Yeah, this dude's 32 years old, and he just bought a fucking $750,000 house on the river. Like, you know, and and I have an, and another guy, he left and bought himself a bunch of Airbnb properties, and, you know, he's he's starting to climb that that ladder, too, and, and, you know, get into a whole new perspective of life. And, like, I mean, it, it's just so cool you to see. You also got to stop. If you could take this work ethic and put it into a white-collar world – something that scares you. I mean, Mm -hmm. I'm talking to myself right now. I'm in between jobs right now. And uh, it's like the biggest struggle I have is like getting people to give me the internet. Oh, you're a crane operator. What do you know other than running crane? It's like, okay. So now if I can learn how to translate what I know, like, and I I love when people tell me you're going to have to start from the bottom. Says who? Yeah. hundred percent, man. Oh, it's going to take you five years to climb that lat. You don't know I'll just put I'll just put it into perspective, man. Like, yeah. so when I did finally kick this blue collar transformations thing off the ground, it was like March of 2020 was when it really gained traction. Okay. Because yeah. when I got out, <clears throat> pardon me, but when I got out, I, like I said, I took the job at Pet Boys and everything. And, and my first thought was like, okay, you just need to offer free coaching to your boys, like offer free online coaching to the dudes you worked with that, you know, want your help and need your help. and get a bunch of testimonials that you can post, right? And <laughs> unfortunately, people don't do shit when you, and they don't pay for it. So none of those guys followed through and, and got results. They never sent me their pictures. They never did any fucking thing I told them to do. Um, and like I said, I, I did 75 hard, and it was right at the end of 75 hard. I actually ended it right at the beginning of COVID, like before all the lockdowns. I uh, I had COVID and I was sitting on the couch all night quilled the fuck up, right? And I'm scrolling Instagram and I come across this corny ass ad that says make $10,000 a month as an online coach. Mm-hmm. And I'd seen hundreds of those in my past and I always and I always thought, yeah, right, like this fucking asshole like you know like like he's he's just gonna take my money and then i'm gonna be broke but uh and it was like just a combination of the night quill and then the confidence that finishing 75 hard gives you and uh for those of you guys that don't know what 75 hard is it's a mental toughness program designed by the first form ceo andy priscilla uh you can go listen to episode 208 of the real af podcast it'll tell you the whole thing anyway um between the confidence and the NyQuil, I was like, fuck it. And I clicked on this ad, filled out this application, got on a phone call with the dude and gave him like the last $5,000 that I had to my name. Like literally, like I left myself like 200 bucks to buy groceries and gas. And then 
uh, like three, four days later, lost my job at Pet Boys because the COVID lockdowns hit and they were getting, they were doing away with non, um, non-essential positions and the speed shop manager was not an essential position. So they let me go. And then of course they shut all the bars down. So driving for Uber was no longer uh, a lucrative thing to do at all. So here I am 200 bucks in my bank account. And I just gave this stranger on the internet $5,000 to teach me how to make money. And I'm, and I'm looking at, I'm like, okay, you got two choices now. Either ask this dude for your money back where he's probably going to tell you to go fuck yourself or apply the information and see what happens. And so in this program, right, I want to say there was probably, I don't know, 80 to a hundred other people like pursuing the same thing, starting an online coaching business. And it's like a group online class setting where they're teaching you the social media tactics and all the strategies of acquiring clients. And in my first month, I was one of the top students in as far as earning goes. And I, I mean, I was blowing other dudes away as, as, with the money that I was making. And the, and the guy running the program, he was like, dude, he was like, how are you doing this? And I was like, I, I'm, I'm working 16 to 18 hours a day on it. And he was like, his eyeballs just got fucking wide as hell. And he's like, what makes you, what makes you do that? Like, I've never had anybody pour this many hours into it right out of the gate like that. He's like, once they see it's possible, I've had some people come in and do that. But like, and I said, dude, that's what I used to have to do for somebody else. And what I used to have to do is way fucking harder than sitting at this computer and typing up this shit. And like, he was like, will you speak to the rest of the class about this? Like explain to them that like, if they want it, that they can just work more and it'll fucking happen. And you know, like the other people were like blown away. They're just like, you do this for 16 to 18 hours a day. And I still do. That was four years ago. And I still work those kind of fucking hours from my house, but I do it in my fucking pajamas with my daughter next to me, you know, like it's it's possible. Like you just have to expand your mind and believe that that mental fortitude that you use to push through those crazy fucking shifts, it's directly applicable to whatever else it is in your mind that you want to do. You know, if you want to build fucking cars, if you want to start a plumbing business, I don't give a fuck what it is like. And there's people out there now that like I have one client, he owns his own plumbing company, but he also is a social media consultant for other plumbers how to advertise their plumbing business, and he makes fucking stupid money because he, you know, found a, an outlet to like he learned how to grow his business through social media, and then was like, okay, I'm gonna teach other people with plumbing businesses how to do this, you know, and it's it just takes that little ideas, man. Yeah, and work yeah <laughs> yeah but wait, we already none of none of us know how to not work this is why we go into these fields because if we didn't do shit like this we'd go fucking insane yeah, you know what i mean we're, we're, the action element and that's the thing i think people are missing brother like yeah that, that's everybody's afraid of action yeah because change I mean, is scary right like, yeah is it is terrible. i mean it, it and it can be man but like if you just detach yourself from the outcome and focus on the work, 
you know, just like you do at work now. Like, you know, you're not, you're not in those trenches fucking trying to, you know, stop a kick from blowing up the neighborhood you're working in thinking about your $7,000 paycheck. You're thinking about stopping the fucking kick, right? Like, so it's the same thing. Just focus on the task at hand and the outcome is inevitable. Right. Yeah. Fuck yeah. Dude. What do you think about hitting these guys with some, uh, some frequently asked questions, some FAQs. I got some questions for you. No. Um, before we move on to that though, uh, I appreciate everything you just said because I think this is very important for our, for the audience to, to understand, especially right now, like pause for a second, guys, because what he just said is like, if you take the energy that you're pouring into what you do already and you pour it into yourself, the result will come. Yeah. That's not going to be day one. When you, when you earn your paycheck, like you, um, this just came to me. So work with me here. I actually think you'll appreciate this. Like when you earn your paycheck, uh, it's not five grand cause you made it through Monday. Mm-hmm. It's five grand. Cause you showed up Monday, you showed up tired Tuesday. You showed up beat the fuck up Wednesday. You showed up exhausted Thursday. Then you showed up Friday defeated and you put an hour after hour after hour after hour and you compiled those all in it doesn't start it starts as that 45 dollars mm-hmm. you make it an hour you get 45 dollars you make it an hour on your fucking building your brand like i don't i don't know how to equate value to brand building but let's just say that like if, if you spend an hour and then you expect a ten thousand dollar result no 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 like think about yeah. it just like mastery level of anything else right and mm-hmm. i did this in the crane world i pursued i the fastest you could get to 10,000 was when you get to what you really know your shit, but yeah. you could cruise at 40 or you could run at 80 and do it in half the time. Yeah. You know, so instead of five years, you could do it two and a half. If you run at 80 for two and a half versus 40 for five, right? Mm-hmm. Like just that's basic math. But now to like really capitalize, cause I, I don't want people to miss what I just said here, Jeremy, like, cause you nailed it, dude. And you just gave me this, prime time example so thank you but like literally when it comes to building your brand building your dreams building your companies you can't expect to work eight hours one fucking day and then get a big payday on friday no no not at all and taxed after taxes and all that shit's left you got 30 something dollars to your name bro yeah but you think you deserve a big paycheck? No, you need to show up Monday. You need to show up Tuesday. You better show up Wednesday when you're flat out of fucking energy. Thursday, Friday, when you're ready to go home and take a shower. Saturday, if that's what it fucking requires. And Sunday, even. And then be ready Monday morning. Broken, beaten, bloody, worn the fuck out. You better be ready to put your boots on when that alarm goes off. Or in this case, roll out of bed. Get on your phone, get on your laptop. And I'm guilty of this. I'm not better than anybody in here. Like, this is just an awakening I just had in my mind. So thank you because, like, you've got to just take that it, that scrolling. Stop using it to scroll and look at fucking photos and use it to fucking find information. Use it to get yes. better. 100%. I literally have guys that have came to work with me. And, like, one of the uh, requirements of my program is that you have to track your food every day, right? And I'll have guys that aren't tracking their food 
and I reach out and I'm like, hey, bro, you're not tracking your food. What's going on? And they'll they'll be like, oh, I just don't have time. Or my favorite is like, well, I have to be on my phone all day for work to send in reports and stuff. And by the time I get done doing all that, I don't want to do anything else. The first thing I do when somebody tells me they either don't have time or that they're sick of their phone because they got to fill out these fucking reports is the first thing I do is I go look at their fucking Facebook page. And nine times out of ten, the same motherfucker that <laughs> the same motherfucker that just said he doesn't have time and that said he's sick of looking at his phone posted seven TikToks to his fucking Facebook wall in that same fucking day that he said he didn't have time. Like, dude, it takes less time to track your food than it does to post nine TikToks to your Facebook wall. So don't give me that shit. You know what I mean? But we're all like trapped in this fucking matrix where we just zombie, we just zombie the fuck out and start scrolling. And next thing you know, two, three, four hours has gone by and you've done nothing, nothing. you know, and nothing, literally not you, you got dumber yeah. over the course of that time. And it's just like, and I'm guilty of it, man. I'll, I'll even still to this we day, I'll, I'll zone the fuck out and, and, and start scrolling. And next thing you know, I've watched, 15 minutes of fucking dirt bike reels instead of doing my job. You know, I mean, it's, it, it's addicting. It's hard to break. But like when you realize that the tool that you are holding in your hand, watching this fucking podcast right now is the same thing that will give you the power, the knowledge, the information, everything you need to go out and do whatever else it is you want to do, whether you want to get in shape, whether you want to start a business whether you want to be a better dad, it doesn't matter. There is an endless fucking rabbit hole of information on any topic that you want right in your hand or right in your pocket 24 motherfucking hours a day, and we still have people that say they can't figure out how to do shit. Like, no, we don't have an information problem. We have an application problem. <laughs> You know, um, drop the bombs on that, dude, for real. And I mean, and, and even more so, like, because I'm guilty of this too. Earlier, I was working on stuff for the podcast, ironically, sponsorship stuff, just scrolling, making an attack list. Uh, uh, I'm trying to source items to give away because I want to give value. I want to give value. I want to give. And the more I can give to our community to encourage them to listen to this so that they get it in their heads that they are worth more, because that's what's mm -hmm. valuable to me is that our brothers and sisters realize that they can make it on the outside that there's more to life. Like that's what I'm about. Uh, as I'm searching through this, I get lost like, whoops. And like you're saying, now I'm watching fucking more war videos and different shit that I think from the past or, you know, whatever you name, you name it. And then I'm real like, shit, man. I, I wrote down three target audience or target companies to go after. I, I should be 35 fucking deep with the amount of time I just spent scrolling mm -hmm. reels for the last 15 minutes. Like I, yeah. how did I, or I could have rewrote a reach out letter or I could have like, God, dude, the, the list goes a mile long. Like, but you're yeah. absolutely right. It's like, we have to realize that we are allocating our free time wrong and poorly. And you have to yeah. take this phone as a, and it's going to take rewriting the way your brain works when you pick it up and look at it, but you need to pick it up and look at it as a, this little phone, this thing right here for my audience, this like legitimately could be the resource or could be that you could spend eight hours on this laptop or that phone in a productive manner 
and turn eight hours into eight K a week. Yeah. Thousand percent. You could turn it a million a month because you figured out how to make money doing shit that you're already doing anyway. It's just reallocating your time to be valuable to you. And the sooner that you realize that you're the resource. <laughs> Amen, dude. Amen. So before we get into the weeds anymore, dude, because we both agree on this, we've beaten that dead horse. Now, you know, you guys yeah. are the resource. You're capable of so much more. You're worth it. Let's get into the questions. Let's get into the meat and potatoes here, man. Um, what is a blue collar barbarian to you? So, I mean, dude, I think a blue collar barbarian is somebody who shows up every day with the mindset of like, I'm going to be the most valuable motherfucker here. Like I am going to outwork everybody around me. And by the end of the day, everybody else on this location is going to be looking at me like, what the fuck is that motherfucker made of? You know, I, I had a, a friend named Sean in the oil field that he was the one who showed me what that looked like. Uh, he was the guy that worked circles around everybody. His shit was always clean. It was always organized. I mean, he was like the fucking pinnacle of oil field hands. And I remember when I got to work with him, I was like, oh, there's another level to this. Like, I'm, I, I got to step my game up. And, uh, you know, and then I, I made it my goal to, to be better than him. And, uh, you know, I, I don't know that I ever got there, but I do know that we parted ways and went to separate rigs. And after that, I was that motherfucker to everybody else. So, you know, like, I think it's just that mentality of like, I'm, I'm, I'm going to make you feel bad without saying a word. I'm going to make you feel like shit about your work ethic because you think you're fucking hard but i promise you you ain't seen nobody work as hard as me and sir i'm on a new level <laughs> yeah. <laughs> yeah, fuck yeah. yeah um moving along with the questions what uh what was the biggest excuse you used to tell yourself before you got your shit together oh man it's so hard to pinpoint just one <laughs> but uh you know i mean it probably would just have to be that, you know, I mean, I think most of us go into blue collar work because we, we were those kids that wouldn't sit still, that got bad grades, that really we were basically told like, that's the only route for you, right? And I think you get that beat into you so much in your youth when you have that mentality of, just never being satisfied with like what's going on around you and always wanting to run a hundred miles an hour. And, and I think it was just ingrained into me, like, this is all I'm capable of. And, and, and for the longest time, that's what I felt like. And, you know, I, I think if it weren't for bodybuilding and, and the experience I had with that, because going from what I looked like, you know, before I discovered bodybuilding to becoming a bodybuilder, I mean, that blew the minds of the people around me that I was capable of doing that. It even blew my own mind. Um, and, and I thank God for that experience all the time, because if not for that, I don't know that I would have had the belief to go on and do other things. Um, because that, that was really the excuse at the end of the day. It was just like, I'm, this is 
this is what I'm supposed to do. I, I'm I'm that DNF student, the, the the class clown, the you know whatever you want to call it, and uh, this is what I was told I would be my whole life. So wow. and, and now I'm making a hundred plus grand a year, and and to me I thought that was proving those motherfuckers wrong, right? Like I thought like oh yeah you thought this was a bad a bad place to be? Oh well, fuck you! I make more than you, you bitch! You make yeah. forty thousand dollars a year teaching people how to barely read. Like, yeah. you know, but at the end of the day, it's like you said, what's 150 a month look like, right? So, I mean, that, that's, life. yeah, exactly. I mean, so that's, that's probably got to be the biggest excuse was just that I, I don't even know that you want to call it an excuse. It was just a lack of belief in myself, man. It's yeah. a lack of oh. realizing that my thoughts and my actions were what control my life. Yeah, no, for sure, dude. Um. Uh, on that value note, like, so uh, I want to take a minute here. Uh, this is still the questions phase, but I'm going to ask you this. And uh, I want, I'm going to ask that you just give our audience some, a uh, little bit of, doesn't need to be super in depth, but let's give them a little bit of value, like extra value here. Um, for the, for the working type that are on the road, they're on the rigs, they're traveling that, that these blue collar guys that, you know, the ones that don't get to make it home every night, especially, or, or even, even for the guys that do get to come home at night, but you know, it's really hard to get your shit together and have a meal prepped or whatnot. Let's talk gas station food for a second. So what, what would you suggest nutritionally speaking, if you're shopping at like us markets or Bucky's or some kind of truck stop or gas station, whatever, right? Like nutrition mm -hmm. on the go. What What's your best advice for people that are like trying to do the right thing with food, but you're always on the go? Well, so my very first piece of advice is you got to start tracking your food because, you know, I can sit here and rattle off, you know, foods, food choices. But at the end of the day, if you don't understand what you're supposed to be putting in your body and then how these foods actually add into that equation, then, you know, will you make some progress? Yes, maybe if you grab the right, just grab the right foods. But at the end of the day, and I know you know this, Jonathan, but at the end of the day, it all comes down to hitting your protein and hitting your calories every day. Yep. You need to consume the proper amount of calories. You need to consume the proper amount of protein. So the first step is figuring out what is that for you, all right? And then the second step is learning how to track the food that you're eating so you can figure out what is going to add up to those numbers. But if you're in a gas station, man, I mean, dude, the, the number one, I mean, is freaking beef jerky, bro. I mean, that's, Free that's beef. always been, always been my go-to beef jerky. Yeah. Um, obviously you've got the protein bars and things like that. Um, but then too, dude, a lot of gas stations, they've got the, the cold food section, right? And in there you can find hard boiled eggs, you know, um, different like grilled chicken subs and, and things like that. And just focusing on things that are high in protein, low in fats, staying out of the fucking potato chip in the candy aisle and, and just, you know, focusing on the high protein, low fat stuff. And I mean, it's not, it's not rocket science at the end of the day. I mean, if you go to my Instagram, I don't, I don't share a whole lot of the, the nuts and bolts of, of nutrition because that shit's everywhere. I mean, there's, there's thousands of people on the internet talking about different you know, food choices at gas stations and grocery stores and things like that. Now, if you want, you want my nuts and bolts, I've got a free private Facebook group you can join where I do that shit every day. But like, you know, it, 
it's I genuinely feel like a lot of people already know these things, man. It's just the application side of it. You know what I mean? Yeah, absolutely. But give me, give me five, give me five foods. You're in the gas station. Yeah. You're in a gas station type foods. I'm going to give you one. You're going to go low fat or sugar-free jerky. Yeah. Yeah. Low fat. look 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 at old trapper and stay away from the, the flavored shit that the fucking Doritos local flavor jerky go old fashioned or low mm-hmm. sodium, low sodium, low sugar, yeah. zero sugar. There, there's options, turkey jerky even, right? Yeah, absolutely. You know, and then a lot of the, a lot of the gas stations too, they've got the, uh, the touch screen, order your food there. Um, you know, you can get grilled chicken salads, you can get grilled chicken subs, like, you know, grilled chicken sub on wheat bread. That's a, it's a great option. Um, like I said before, hard boiled eggs, um, eggs, yep. you know, uh, peanuts, things like that are, are great. There's also it's out now, um, on the, on the carb side of things, because I mean, people think carbs are the devil, but carbs are not the devil. And you know, you need, you need a little bit of everything, right? Like protein is king obviously, but we still got to be fueling our body with carbs and fats as well. So, but you know, healthy carbs and fats, not fucking shit grown in the lab. Um, but I, I like those, uh, like the rice cake chips that you can find in a lot of places. I can't remember the specific name of what they're called, but I mean, there's so many freaking high protein options in, in gas stations nowadays. You just got to know the, the aisle to go down and you know, you'll, you'll see them right there. I mean, hell they even have, uh, it's not, it's not the greatest option, but like you got the freaking protein cookies and the protein chips and, and all that stuff. And I mean, that's even that is a step in the right direction above the fucking Doritos or the Reese's cups. You know what I'm saying? But uh, a, a real big pro tip for guys. And, and, you know, this is hard to find in the, in the actual gas station, but if you're traveling and you're driving in your truck, right. I used to keep cases of star kiss tuna pouches in my truck. Oh, and, you and just that, crushed. You just took. I was about to hit it with. Let's yeah. not forget about the the on the go tuna, dude. Like, yeah, yeah. Case. I used to keep cases of that shit, and then I would keep uh, a loaf of wheat bread and a jar of natural peanut butter, bro. Skippy natural peanut butter, and and dude, two patches, two packets of tuna, and a peanut butter sandwich, and that's you know, I, I don't even. I, I can't even smell tuna and peanut butter anymore without going because I ate so fucking much of it. Like, yeah, it comes but, back to that choose your hard though, right? Because people be like, well, that'd be hard to eat that every day. But that's the point. Yeah, that's exactly. The fucking point. And then if you want to make it, you got to choose. Do you want it hard now or do you want it hard later? Because I can tell you right now that if you can go where you're at work and, and you're on the go and you're hungry, are you one, you're going to save money going into the gas station, not buying a big fucking monster, a bag of chips, a hot dog, a fucking Reese's. I love Reese's just like the next guy, but some Sour yeah. Patch Kids and then maybe an ice cream cone or, and oh, better grab another bag of chips. With, dude, jerky, grab some jerky, grab a tuna packet. Okay. Um, if they got first form, I'm always going to recommend that you use the first form. The level one bars have a fucking ton of different flavors, as we could agree. Oh, but yeah. I would also level say level one bars are like candy bars, bro. They're, they're so they good. They are, and they're super, <laughs> and they and they does broad spectrum and the nutritional value is there. But like yeah. I've been checking out even those one bars that come in different flavors, oh, yeah. super, yeah, super those low, are... low sugar, yeah, um, low fat, even yeah, not very quite, high carb, and... like two. 
Yeah, and you got Quest Bars out there. Fit Crunch is another good brand that is really good. Um, You know, I mean, and then also, too, man, like, just just keeping a hot dog. Yeah, yeah, I mean. But, like, yeah. yeah, yeah, you know, it's the best, you it's be the best thing on the roller. <laughs> it's yeah, just the best thing be on the creative. roller. Yeah, a hundred percent. But I mean, they they also have those uh, like, yeah. just like it's almost like a lunchable. You know what I mean? Where, but it's full of like ham and cheese and, and things like that. Like that that stuff even is better than you know the the junk, right? So yeah. I mean, yeah. And and I want to give somebody freebie here. Uh, Wendy's, you motherfuckers better pay me when you listen to this if you're general manager at Wendy's. But like Wendy's, you get any of their sandwiches with a lettuce wrap. You yeah. don't have to have a bun. Any of their sandwiches. Dude. So, and, and along that same line of thinking, dude, the thing one of the things I tell all my clients is uh the grilled nuggets at, at Chick-fil-A, bro. Grilled the 20 piece grilled nugget from Chick-fil-A is like 55 fucking grams of protein. Yeah. Wow. Like yeah. yeah. Yeah, so like you can even eat. This is my point for the audience. Like you, you can eat even in some of these truck stops that have these different venues. Like even if you, I'm not a McDonald's fan at all, but like get the the not Big Mac, but get like a bacon, a big bacon burger or something. I don't know what the fuck they're selling. Or double cheese, triple cheeseburger. Tell them you don't want the bun. Hey, yeah. I don't want the bun. I don't want that shit. I want just the meat. I want just the. Che- you will be surprised. Folks, what just that will even do for you? It's that little yep. sacrifices, and and not that carbs are evil or like the enemy of all, but you know, like versus being fifteen hundred calories for a fucking Big Mac, you could cut it down to six hundred, so that you mm-hmm. can still eat other shit. You know, like remove that. And like I said, the lettuce wrap trick, the options are there. Um, mm-hmm. Uh, I appreciate that. And I know you're not into just the nutrition thing, but I did want to know like what, you know, I wanted to give some people just something to think oh, yeah. about, right? For sure, man. It's uh, just, there's so many different options. It's hard to like narrow it down. You know what I mean? Yeah. So give me five things that people can do in the new year to start prioritizing their health or to start chipping away at this journey without breaking the bank. We know that uh, things are uncertain right now. The economy's tough. Uh, I know we can't cast our own personal thing on this. Maybe some of you listen to this, have money, you could do whatever you want, but let's just talk to the people out there that are living check to check right now for a second. What, what are five things they can do to kind of get a hold of themselves? So, I mean, the, the first, the first thing I would say is start working out. I mean, and that shit's free. I don't use the excuse if you can't afford a gym membership or you don't have time to go to the gym, you got your body weight, you got a floor. You know how to do push-ups. They taught us all how to do push-ups in gym. You know, you can do burpees. You can do push-ups. You can do sit-ups. You can do body weight squats. You can do jumping jacks, all that. So start working out. That's the first thing, man. Just get active. Go outside. Go for a walk. Like, get active. That's the first thing. And make it non-negotiable. Like, tell yourself, I'm going to do these things every day. And it's not an option. Like, I'm not going to go to bed until I've gotten a workout in. If that means you got to stay up 30 minutes after everybody else in your house goes to bed to do it, then that's what it fucking means. But that's that's number one. And that will always be number one to me because it releases so many endorphins. It raises your blood oxidation levels, increases your mood, increases your energy. All I mean, it's one of the only things in life that you can do that gives you an almost instantaneous return on investment in the way that you feel. You know, I mean, yes, the physical results that you are looking to see, 
those aren't going to come until later down the road when you've done it for three months or more or whatever. But like the, the immediate return on investment in your energy levels, in your confidence levels and the way that you feel about yourself. I mean, that shit starts correcting itself within days when you first start. Uh, the second thing is drink a fucking gallon of water every day. I mean, water is, are they to tell us our bodies are 80% water. So like, you know, why wouldn't you just drink more water? It's helpful for digestion. It's helpful for your mood. It's helpful for your mental focus. I mean, and obviously staying hydrated is important as well. I mean, so there's another free thing that you can do, right? Um, the other thing is start tracking your food, right? I mean, the app that we coach in is $12.99 a month, but, um, if you can't even afford that, then there's free ones. You know what I mean? There are free food tracking apps out there. So download something, start tracking your food, learn how many grams of calories, how many grams of protein you need to consume and start tracking things until you figure out how to hit those numbers. Um, and focus on calories and protein. You know, all these apps are going to give you your proteins, your carbs, and your fats, but don't, you don't have to overthink it. At the end of the day, the only thing that matters is calories and protein. So, I mean, that would be my five things, bro, is, is work out, drink water, track your food, hit calories and hit protein. And you start doing those five things every day, you will make progress. I fucking promise you. Yeah. And I want to give people a bonus. Um, go on a walk. Yes. People don't even understand. Like, listen to me. I know you guys are laughing right now. Like, go on a walk. Let's get, you, you have no idea the, the value that comes from just going on a walk. walk I go on a walk every day. Every day. That's one of my non-negotiable things, bro. I, I, I literally got a Husky because they're the most hyper dog breed ever. If you don't walk them, they destroy your house. So I got a Husky. So I would have to go on a walk every day. Yeah, 100%, dude. The, the walk is huge. And then I'm, I'm going to go one more and say um, a forced adversity. And I'm not going to choose that for you, but you need to do something every day that's uncomfortable. Oh, yeah. It could be a cold every shower. Yep. Yeah, cold anything. Plunge, cold shower, freaking challenge yourself with. Even uh, 10 pages of reading if you're not a reader. Yes. Like, just forced you know. adversity of some sort every single day make yourself uncomfortable because if you can learn to operate uncomfortable what you could do is absolutely incredible you know absolutely and you're already operating uncomfortable because you're doing some of the hardest work on the planet so like do something uncomfortable for you instead of for somebody else for once or instead of for a dollar yeah no 100 percent um Dude, thank you so much for that. Um, I just, I wanted to really hit people with some questions that they could, uh, I wanted to hit you with these questions that I know you would crush, which you did, but just to get people to, to get their minds wrapped around the fact that like just little tiny changes add up to become monumental victories, right? Like these mm-hmm. tiny little wins that you could start implementing today could literally change your life. And, and what I'd like to do, dude, is I'd like to do a, uh, episode with you another time we'll have you on for round two of course for uh, sure and we'll just really dive into what it looks like to make time in your schedule what what that sacrifice looks like and mm-hmm. you know we'll skip all the what's your background i mean we'll just go right into like here's your free class 
Jeremy yeah. Gardner, this is the only one you're getting free, but here's <laughs> here's what you need to look at, right? Uh, I'd like to pick your brain on more of that because I just yeah. I think there's an insurmountable amount of value in that. Um, as we wrap up this show, brother, uh, the next thing I want to say, the last question I want to ask you is, is what would you say to someone starting at the bottom? You just realized, let me, let me set the stage for you. Okay. You're walking up the stairs, chase, trying to chase after one of your kids. I'm, I'm going to tell you my story. You know, I'm going to use me. And you're out of breath and you look in the mirror and you don't respect yourself anymore. Anytime you look in the mirror anymore, you realize that, you know, that at one point in time in your life, you were this capable human being that could do anything you put, put your mind to you. Uh -huh. But now you look in the mirror and you're disgusted. And you're out of breath. And then you step on a scale one day and it's 375 pounds. You're just, you know, 375 for me could be, could be fucking 250 to you. Could be 200 to some people. Could be 175 to another. Like, pick your number, folks. But you're absolutely disgusted. What would you say to that person that's just getting started? And I'll digress. I'll say, like, I have regained control of my life. I'm doing just fine but like for that person that version of me yeah man i mean just believe in yourself dude i mean that that's literally what it comes down to at the end of the day i mean i look back at my day one progress photo all the time of when i was almost 230 and like i said i'm five foot three so 230 i mean i has a 38 inch fucking waist and i have a 29 inch inseam so i was like rounder than i am fucking tall and I mean, it was disgusting. I hated it. I had fucking tits the whole nine yards. And I look back on the day one progress photo. And I mean, sometimes I'll start to think about it a little, literally give me chills because I, I think like, I look at that guy and I'm like, bro, I'm fucking proud of you. Like I used to be disgusted by you, but I'm fucking proud of you, man, because you had more balls than 90% of the people walking around on this planet. To even think in the back of your mind that you could create this reality that you're living now, not to only where you could be in, you know, beyond exceptional shape, not to brag, but I mean, I have sure. a pretty incredible fucking physique and I, I'll say that because I know I've earned the right to say it, but to also go on and build a company that teaches other men how to do the same thing. I mean, if you would have gone back to, you know, 15 year old Jeremy and said, this is going to be your future, I I would have laughed my ass off. I'm like, no way. But you just have to believe that you're capable of it because you are capable of it. And it's just one foot in front of the other, in front of the other, in front of the other. There is no, you know, shortcuts. There is no magic pills. There are no magic shots. But you can do the work. And you can take it one day at a time, one decision at a time, and understand that all these little micro decisions that you're going to begin to make, whether that's what, whether you're going to start with drinking a gallon of water, whether you're going to start work with, with a daily workout, whether you're going to start with just tracking your food, whatever it is that you're going to pick to start with, focus on developing habits. Don't focus on getting the result because if you build the habits, you will get the result no matter what, because it's not about what you're going to look like. It's about who you need to become to look like that. So you need to start thinking, what are the things that, you know, in shape Jonathan does? What are the things that the in shape, 
you know, look around at the people that you see that are fit. What are they doing? I mean, hell, if you can't afford to work with me, just follow me on social media and watch my story every day. I show everything I do every day. I mean, a lot of people out there could just watch my story and then do what I do and f get results for free. And do you mind if I add to that? Um, yeah. For those folks, you got to create the belief. And that's a mantra that I used to tell myself when I was when I was on that journey is create the belief. And that was day in and day out. You just got to create the belief. You got to create yeah. that version of yourself that can. And that the work comes before the belief. It, and it does. Absolutely. But that's where you got to create it. And mm -hmm. you got to just keep creating and keep pushing and 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 also i mean there this is a really big thing too folks like you gotta understand that this can't be a change like you you nailed it on the head with the habit thing like you got to create the habits first right like you got to understand that this is going to change the way that you do life and you need to fully mm -hmm. understand that that means you can't be that person anymore you have to let that version of you die and that's going to be very, very hard at first for some of you to do. But I want to promise you, if that pain, that ache, that fucking hurt that you feel is real, you'll let go of that version of you to mm -hmm. become who you're supposed to be. Because Absolutely. that's what it was for me. That's what it was for me. That hurt, that heartache, that pain got so real that it was time to change. And that's why I jumped on 75 hard the day after I had fucking surgeries because I couldn't stand looking at myself anymore. And if I'm talking to you in the audience right now, if I'm talking to any one of you and we can help you, the very least shoot us a message and just chat because you need a community. And that's what this brand this first form that both of us, we've been talking about and discussing on and off. That's what blue collar transformation. That's what his company is about. If you need anything, he's got a free fucking Facebook community you could be surrounded with other people that will believe in you when you don't. And you have to change your influences and your intakes because you're going to need every fucking ounce because I promise you motivation is fleeting and discipline. Discipline is the driving agent. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Jeremy, we're on the closing thoughts part of the closing thoughts, excuse me, part of the show. I always ask our guests if they have a quote or a book that they'd like to share with anybody. You got anything that you'd like to leave our audience with today, my man? So my favorite quote is when one thing evolves, everything around that thing evolves. And, you know, that's, and the reason why it's my favorite quote is because it's so true. And, and you, that's why you need to start working on yourself because if you care at all about your family, about your friends, about the dudes you work with, any of that stuff you owe it to them to work on you and get better to show them what's possible so that they can go with you because i promise you they will go with you they will as soon as you set that example as soon as you start showing the people around you what is truly possible in life they will follow suit maybe not right away maybe not in the first month maybe not even in the first year but after a while you're going to get so far down the road that they're going to look at you and be like, holy shit, look, look at what he did. And if he can do it, I can do it. And I and think that's the, uh, that, 
And they are. And I mean, I think that's the obligation that we all have. I mean, especially if you're a parent, I mean, if you're a parent, man, and, and you're not, you're not taking your personal development seriously, you wake the fuck up because you are setting a terrible example for your kids. Kids need to see their parents growing right alongside of them. You can't expect your kids to get up every day and learn new things and work on developing themselves as humans while you sit there and watch fucking Netflix and complain about how hard work was. Yeah. No, dude, you nailed that. And then, like I said, uh, they're watching. Whether kids, yeah. your friends. Uh, I, I learned this in 75 Hard quite a bit, but like you, you guys don't realize the amount of people that watch you every day that you have no idea are watching. You do matter. Your life matters. Your story fucking matters. I would argue now more than any other time in history, it matters. Amen. So, Jeremy, thank you so much for your time tonight, man. This has been a blast. Like I said, we're going to do a part two that's specifically, if you'll come back on, I know you're a busy Oh, kid. of course. We'll do course, one and we're going to hit him in the head specifically. What We'll kind of go back and forth on collaborating on what we think you could do getting started and then as you progress and then we'll dive into more of what you do specifically for training and the programs that you offer. I think I would love to mm -hmm. be able to break that down on an episode with them and give that to like, at least give you a copy too, so that you can share it with your community on, on that as well. Um, Absolutely. I'm going to, I don't really ask for much on this show, but I, I have an ask for our audience, man, please like subscribe, follow along on this channel, on our YouTube, uh, give us a review. If you don't mind on the podcast so that we could just share stories like this incredible man right here, Jeremy's with more of our brothers and sisters so that we can help more of you win guys, please continue to like, follow, share, share, especially the show, help us grow, help us get to more people. Cause we, I mean, we got some big giveaways on the horizon. We're just, this is all about giving back to our community and trying to help other motherfuckers win. Jeremy, where can people follow you at? You know, you mentioned a couple of different sites. I know you have a Facebook group and stuff. Where, where can people follow, man? Yeah. So I'm Jeremy G B C T on Instagram. That's Jeremy G for Gardner B C T for blue collar transformations. Uh, there's also the blue collar transformations, Instagram page as well. And uh, you can follow that and it'll, you know, show you where my, how to find my account as well. Uh, BlueCollarTransformations.com is our website. Um, and I'm just Jeremy Gardner on Facebook and the Facebook group is called Blue Collar Transformations as well. So, you know, uh, send in a, a request to join the group, answer the questions and I'll let you in. It's hundred percent free uh, to join the group. And I go live in there every day, give away all the, all the tips, tricks and secrets for free. So, you know, that's, yeah. that's where you guys can find me at. Awesome. Well, thank you so much for your time tonight, brother. And uh, thank you to everybody for listening. And we'll see you guys again on the next one.